hello. Welcome to I Love Rock and Roll. I'm Ken Krantz. And I am Chip Chantry. Ken, how are you? I'm doing all right. I'm excited. I'm excited for today's guest. I'm very excited. Yes. Let's, let's jump in. Let's jump en- into it. Enough with the small talk, Ken. I'm, I'm, I'm sick of this. Let's let's go. Let's let's the people want the interview. Let's all just, right. Come on. Come all on, right. Man. Pull out of me. Uh, with us today is um, a very talented singer, songwriter, guitarist, um, Lily Vakili from uh, the Vakili band. Lily, welcome. Hi. Hi, Ken. Hi, Chip. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm yes, super, I'm super excited. So let me uh, let me tell the audience how we discovered you. But a uh, few weeks ago, we had on Lauren Monroe and her husband, Rick Allen. And um, true to my word, I went to Lauren Monroe's show in the city. And um, I guess you guys share publicists. Mm-hmm. And she was telling me that I had to listen to your band. And uh, you guys just put out a new album, an excellent new album that came out in February uh, called Walking Sideways. And we'll get into that. But um, I listened to it on the way home and I thought it was so good. Uh, and it passed the high test. And for me, what that means is um, when I'm high, pretty much all music sounds great. So I used to get in the trouble, like in the days of iTunes, when you had to download albums and spend $10 to do it. Cause I would get high and I would be like, Oh man, this sounds great. Yeah. And download it. And then the next morning I would play it again and be like, Oh, that's not a great album. The amount of times I've gotten a text from Ken at like one in the morning, he's like, you got to listen to this. This is great. And I'm like, we are all talking about what are you talking Ken, please. So the, usually I wait, like if, if he ever sends me something at like one in the morning, it's like, this is the best you got to hear. I wait 12 hours to see if I get an apology text. And then I'm like, okay, all right. Okay, good. Did not get an apology text this time. But. Yeah, no, but then I listen, I listened to your album again the next morning, not high and enjoyed it just as much. So it's great. It, uh, it, it passed the high <laughs> that's, test. That's high praise. Yes. I mean, high and not high praise. <laughs> At once. Yes. Yes. Wow, thank you. Um, so uh, you're also, uh, you're a Jersey girl. We're, we're yeah. And um, I love the album. It's, it. there's a lot of things going on in it. It's, <laughs> it's, um, it definitely has a 70s vibe to it. Um, we were, we, I was just playing some of your music to, uh, Chris who runs our board for us. And, um, it's very Lou Reed, Patty Smith, uh, pretenders. I get a, I get a pretty, yeah, I get a pretty serious, uh, Chrissy Hind vibe from it. Um, but then like Chip was saying off air that it's, it's uh, some of the songs are, you know, serious social messages but they're still funny like they're sarcastic they're tongue-in-cheek it's it's a lot of things all at once it sounds it sounds old in the good sense and but it also sounds modern hey i i love to hear that i love to hear it i mean um you know, one of one of the like the greatest compliments we received recently as a band was was literally this. You know, we were set. We were told, yeah, you know, um, 
kind of reminds me, and actually I posted this because it made me laugh. You know, it reminds me of like, you know, the Pretenders, the Stooges, the Ramones, all those good things. And meatloaf, kind of. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, yeah. It's the energy of those three bands with some uh, some real skill in there. That's kind of that's kind of the best. Yeah. yeah, no, and and you know, yeah, I think you know, our previous album, which was called Oh All Right, um, also followed some of the you know the same. We we like to have fun, but we want to talk about stuff, and we're storytellers. And um, I think the way you you tell a story is by um, really speaking to your audience and, um, you know, not not wagging your finger and not being dull. <laughs> Rarely a problem for me, but but. Um, you know, I'm think I was just thinking about the meatloaf comparison, and I bet it's. Um, it's because your your voice, like you've got a powerhouse voice, and which I never knew. Really, like I didn't know. Well, were how, you a guitar player first, and then you were foisted into singing, or, or is that? Uh, or, yeah, or, that's a good way of putting it. Because I did not think of myself as a singer at all, at all, mm-hmm. and I. But I wanted to. And for that matter, I didn't think of myself as a guitarist and people in the, and guys in the band are laughing. I'm sure when they hear this, like, yeah. um, but I wanted to, I wanted to tell my stories and, uh, and I was kind of like, all right, well, you know, how, how are you going to do that? You know, you, you can't convince anybody else to do it, <laughs> you know, um, let's do this. I mean, it was, I think storytelling you know, even even like the whole the band coming together and the way we're doing this, this is this is one way to tell stories. Yeah, it happens to be one that I love. And because of the collaboration with the band and, you know, working with Ben and Gordon and Joel and Matt and 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 then the absolute thrill of playing live. Uh, th- those things are it's heady, heady stuff, you know, um, but it comes back to storytelling and the fact. And so, yeah, your question, did I think I was a singer? No. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, speaking of playing live. So you released your, your album um, in February and then you just did a live recording as well, didn't you? Yeah. So have you guys heard of this? Um, least of all, least of no. all videos no. in Brooklyn. So we hadn't heard of it, but I have Philly to thank because um their production person reached out to me because they saw that that we were playing fire in philly and 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 apparently that gave us some cred (laughs) and so she listened to our music and she was like this is great you know do you guys want to come over and you know you're supposed to kind of go through this process where you submit an application or whatever it's nice to be invited it's like of course and so i talked to the guys and i'm like hey uh, I have no idea, you know, like how real this is, but it's just, you know, over the river and through the woods. Mm-hmm. So how about if we go over there and we'll probably have fun because, um, we're always hungry. And like, so we went and got pierogies. Oh, Beautiful. So good. So good. 
And um, and then we went to least of all. And it was really fun because we spent, you know, it's in this industrial part of uh, Brooklyn, um, Bushwick, and uh, go into the studio there. And we were working with a sound engineer named Jules, who is just fantastic and a musician in her own right. And um, we were there for like three and a half hours just going, you know, just playing these four songs. It was talk about kind of like a meditation, right? Yeah. It was this iterative experience. And what was so cool is it's live. We were doing this the way I want to always record, which was we were in a tiny room facing each other. Yeah. Yeah. People forget that's how that's how bands used to do it. Right. Yeah. And it's been something that like, you know, producers that I've worked with, you know, um, are always like, oh, God, Lily, no, we can't do it that way. Um, But it's what I want to do. And for each of the records that we've done with the band, I've managed to extricate that right and claim it <laughs> it for at least a couple songs including rachel yes that by which, the way which sounds great yes which is right. the end at the where we speed it up yeah yeah that's live oh that's great no that's- freaking click track <laughs> that's great my my daughter loves that song i was playing it and her best friend she's six and her best friend is named rachel and oh, so she great. got excited, but then she got excited that there was a song with her friend in it. But I, I couldn't explain that. It's probably not the Rachel that uh, Lily had in mind uh, when she would be weird if it was. But- you know what? <laughs> Maybe it is. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, part of the fun of that song and, and you know, and I've had people will play it live and it's like, who, who did you write that about? And I'm never going to tell. <laughs> but you know, there's a story behind it. And, and and we'll get into that if you want to, because it's actually a good one. And it's also food related. Yeah, let's hear it. Oh, okay. I, by, by the way, I, I've read, I've looked online. Mm-hmm. The song, Rachel, there are rumors that it was written about Warren Beatty. Is that, is that the case? <laughs> is that, that's what I've heard. <laughs> um, at what stage in his career? Uh, I, I think, yeah, it was... I, I think uh, I think Chips got you confused with another song. Is that well, okay? Yeah. Sorry, I, my 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 research isn't always isn't always great. But what is the, what is that story though? Are you familiar with Rut's Hut? Yes, the hot deep fried hot dogs. Wow, this sounds amazing. I I wish I was. <laughs> yes, I've done. Where where you is Rut's Hut? You gotta come to okay. Jersey. We'll meet somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's off the highway. You know. Highway, whatever. This sounds like a trap already, but go ahead. I'm with you. Go ahead. (laughs) You know, this often is what happens to the band. We're going to whatever it is, the gig or whatever. And then we start talking about food Mm -hmm. and then, and then we're like, let's go to some place. And, and the theory is always like, are we sure? Are we, are we unwittingly participating in a slasher film? (laughs) What, where are we going? Where are you taking us? So anyway, Rut's hot. I mean, it's an it's just an iconic hot dog place. Yeah. And where in Jersey is it? Um, is it formally in Rutherford? I don't know. Yeah, I just it's, know it's where it north. is. Yes, yeah. I've been there a hundred times, but I couldn't even I, I think so, it 
Yeah. And it's always like, yeah, no, we're always driving along. It's like, no, no, it's this exit. You know, <laughs> it says, it says Clifton. I'm looking yes, at it right yeah, now. That's right. In New that's Jersey. Right. It's that's Clifton. It's Clifton. With the inner And um, these are just, and look, I mean, I know there are a lot of um, people have ideas about what the best hot dog is and all that nonsense, but it's a whole experience. Yeah. I went there once with the kids and my husband, they were waiting in the car and I went and I placed my order and then I had to add something to it. And, you know, it, one has to be, um, one has to be rather intrepid when you order there, you have to like really just say what you want and order it. And um, the guy behind the counter who, you know, looks, they all look somewhat threatening, frankly. And, um, and someone said that order, whatever, like I, I was messing up the order and the man announced in a booming voice, what mama wants mama gets. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, everybody hear that? Everybody? How is that not tattooed on your neck right now? That's you know it's not. Yes. Why do you think I'm wearing this? That is true. That is Um, my my apologies. That's amazing. (laughs) What mama wants, mama gets. gets. It's tattooed on my husband's neck. (laughs) (laughs) Just smart reminder. Uh, Anyway, so I wanted to write a song about Rut's Hut. Rut's Hut. (laughs) And then oh. There, there's there's so so Rut's and, and, Hut is Rachel. Yeah, kind of sorta. Kind of sorta. And you know, one of the guys in the band is like, Willie, nobody knows who I mean, what? What what do you mean? Rut's hut, Rut's Hut. Well, you know, and I took it personally and I was a little hurt, and so I just put the song away for a while. And um, and then I and then there is an actual Rachel, but um who's a young person, and and I was just in admiration of um, of, of so many young women, you know, kind of going out in the world, making their way. And, um, and so it's sung with love and admiration. Um, and I just wanted to be like, yeah, you know what? I got your back. That's great. I love it. And it's very anthemic too. Like you have that, the, the chorus is everybody joins in. I'm sure it's crazy live. It's, oh my God, when we recorded it, it was so much fun too, because like when we, we did some layering, right? We're all standing around the mic and screaming Rachel and, you know, yeah, fun stuff. Yeah, it's a, it's a fun song. I love that it started out. I mean, but now like just write the Ruts Hut song. Who cares? I'm going to. Yeah. I'm totally going to and because. What Mama Wants Mama Gets is a great name for a song. Yeah. Uh, it's it's in there. So, you know, it's a funny thing. Like that's a T-shirt, too. I, I don't want to tell you to do your merch, but that's that's what it is right there. I, I think it's the name. It's the tour. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes, it is. Yeah. All right. Let's trademark that. Yeah. If we can do that. TM, okay. just yeah. After everything we say yeah, right, right now. Um, done. You have I have witnesses. So, yeah, there will be a rut set. I love the way songs evolve, right? Like. It's like this cauldron. <laughs> am I using a witch metaphor? I am. It's a cauldron. And, right. you know, you kind of like, you know, sometimes you pull it out and it's like, that's it there. Oh, there's the rabbit. Oop, okay. It needs to cook a little longer, you know, and then you, it comes together somehow. It'll come back. Yeah. Well, yeah. So Chip and I are both uh, stand up comics. 
and it's it's the same thing it's the same thing with jokes you know like it's, you, it, you have them filed away and then they oh yeah but you percolate but and... but you write it, it's like you said it's a cauldron it's it's you, you write a joke or you at least my my process is i'll just start thumpering around with a premise on stage and um it might take me 10 or 15 times before i even know what the joke is you know but you do that live right so right. like that's pretty nervy. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, you get numb to it after a while, but it is that thing where you don't know what works until you're in front of a crowd. So it's you, you, you go up and I guess it's kind of like a song too, where it's like Ken or I might have an idea about a hot dog shop. Right. And then we, <laughs> we, we tell the story or we have a bit about our, these ideas and we throw maybe five things against the wall during this joke that we try to do. And the, the big thing that we're like, this is the big funny part of the joke. This is the big punchline gets no laughs. But then you say one little thing on the side that just gets this huge response. And you're like, Oh, the joke isn't about this. It's about this now, you know? And, and then, and you sign it. So you kind of follow that where that response comes from. And so you're just like, Oh, maybe it wasn't about this. It's, it's actually about this. So I, I, I would assume maybe it's sort of like that where you're, you're noodling around, you have, okay, this is a song about a hot dog thing. And I have this hook right now, but then I have this, it, you know, this, this intro or this verse. And then it's like, Oh, the verse is what pops out. I, you know, I would assume that that's how you sort of. But what you, you were just saying, which I think is so, um, and I'm not just laying it on thick here, but in the comedic world, in the world of comedy, it's very meta, it seems like, right? Like you, the thing I like about performing live is, yeah, that that edge, that, that you know, you can feel the molecules in the room moving mm-hmm. around and, and, and it's a bit of a tightrope, but it's nothing like what you're doing, right? Where, <laughs> um, I guess maybe, I mean, I suppose you have a script of sorts, but it sounds like for stand-up comedians, you have to be willing to, to, to walk out there and, you know, no safety net. Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) What you're saying is we are the real heroes and you are correct. And thank you. We can only aspire. I love rock and roll. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, Yeah. It's been great. Rock and roll is is a step below. I mean, we can't, we just, you know. No, we have to we have no, to give it's... give credit where credit is due, man. No, uh, it's it's just a thing where it's it's it, I think it was just frustrating for us as comedians because and and of course it's that old adage we've said so many times it's all uh, rock stars want to be comedians comedians want to be rock stars if <laughs> if if Ken and I had any musical talent we'd be we'd be rock stars but um, it's you know the pandemic was the worst because mm. we all wrote all of this material during this year and a half or whatever it was without being able to really try it out. So it's like, you, I had like volumes of yes, jokes, yeah. but all of it could be garbage. It could be all gold. It could be all garbage, but you don't, you don't know until you actually, until you actually get out there, which I'm right. sure to a certain extent is with music. It's like, what are, what's the crowd responding to, but. Yeah. I mean, I think um, it's, it's, it's kind of a philosophical orientation, right? Like, are you doing this in like a hothouse flower, whatever, are you doing this in this silo or are you are or are you in the world? Mm-hmm. Right. You know? And one of the reasons I moved from theater, which was my first background, mm-hmm. you know, um, into I guess, you know, 
you know, what might seem odd to some people, law, right? Yeah. And then, and then into music. And this wasn't all, you know, like there was, this wasn't all planned out. There wasn't a plan, but was this interest in being in the world, being, being present in the world in a way that is, um, and it's very exciting, right? It's, yeah. And speaking of being in the world, I was reading in your bio, it said you were born in Honduras, raised mm-hmm. in Thailand and Puerto Rico and yeah. Iowa. I think the big question right now is what's Iowa like? <laughs> it's the most exotic place on the planet. These people, I don't mean to exoticize, you know, a people, but this was the most far out place I had ever lived. Really? People were so reticent. I was pretty sure it was me. That was the problem. (laughs) I mean, me and obviously the rest of my family, just constant state of mortification because I, I came from a culture where you you greeted someone by kissing them. (laughs) Even if you had just met sometimes three times. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, to an environment where, I mean, (laughs) you'd get beaten up. (laughs) No one's going to do that. Actually, it never would happen because as soon as it was like you would reach some kind of magic shield area that apparently everyone in Iowa is born with. And as soon as you crossed that threshold, they would just move back. (laughs) (laughs) And so, you know, and of course it was flat land. I had never lived in a place so flat and it was cold. Um, it was super cold. I'd never seen snow before. And, uh, yeah. So when, you know, and then I could never really understand people would say to me, you grew up in such exotic places. And I'm like, no, but I moved to a very exotic place. Let me tell you about this place called Iowa. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess. I guess it's we'll... a mind blower. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you're in Thailand and Puerto Rico and, and Honduras, yeah. Iowa is. That is the outlier right there. Yeah. What, why, why were you always on the move? What, what were your. On the run. Yeah. We were on the run, yeah. Ken. The entire <laughs> family, six kids, two. So, um, my father, um, who is 95. Oh, wow. Way, and, you know, still out like cleaning up the back 40 somewhere in Florida and on his. Uh, and he lives in Northern Florida. Um, he's a plant pathologist. A, did and you say a plant pathologist? A plant pathologist. He's a okay. geneticist. Okay. Um, and he specialized in tropical plants. But, you know, probably like maybe the real reason. So that was, that's kind of like the reason why he was moving for yeah. different jobs and, you know, in the tropics. But Kind of the backstory behind that is that, you know, he was born and raised in Iran, Muslim, mm-hmm. and came to the U.S. Uh, to study, um, co- you know, in college. He was 19. 
And my mother grew up um, a, a daughter of the Midwest. I mean, Irish Catholic, large family. And um, they met at University of Chicago. Okay. And um, not surprisingly, they also found that, um, you know, it was kind of hard being who they were as a couple <laughs> at that time. Yeah, I'm sure. And and um, and so I think that was, you know, part of the and and they were both very free spirited in many ways. And mm-hmm. they, you know, and they decided to, you know, travel the world. And, and so- when you, uh, when when did you so did you sort of end up in Iowa after those first few places or did you? Yeah, I was born in Honduras and then we lived in Florida actually for a year. And then my dad um, was um, recruited to um, uh, work in Vietnam and um, was asked to kind of like volunteer and go and work in Vietnam for the U.S. government. And he did. And and the family moved to Bangkok, Thailand. Okay, so we were in Bangkok. And that's where my youngest brother was born. And, um, and my dad was primarily in Vietnam and, and Laos. And then from there, we moved to Puerto Rico. And that's where I kind of, I would say, like, that's the bulk of my childhood. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then uh, moved to Ames, Iowa. And then, <laughs> and then I, I left home at 16 and, um, or 15, I remember, but 16. And uh, with my parents' blessing, and although they were very, very worried, and went up to Minneapolis. So I want to get back to, so you started as a, you started off as a guitarist. Who who were who were some of your guitar heroes? Who made I, you want to pick it up? You know, this is going to sound sad, but um, I mean, my sister, so... I'm the fifth of six kids, mm-hmm. right? So if you are the fifth of six kids, um, everything is about your siblings yes. and whatever yep. they allow you to do, yeah. whatever you can get away with. So she played guitar and, and but, you know, it was all like, you know, Janice Ian and, you know, kind of, and, um, and, I always knew I wanted to do something a little more with the guitar, but I didn't even it have the idea in my head of an electric guitar. I, this idea seemed so remote, so beyond my 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 means. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just never thought that was a possibility. Isn't that terrible? No, I, no, I definitely feel that because, like, I I. I play a little guitar. I know chords. I'm not good. And I've played for years and I've never been that good. But like, I the, I think what holds me back is, well, A, that I'm not talented, but like that <laughs> step, like it's- Don't I let that just, hold you back, Chip. Look at me. I, I mean, come on. <laughs> I always, like, I've always played an acoustic guitar and I was like, I'm not talented to have gadgetry involved in any of this. <laughs> like I can't- pedal? Oh, for- No, I cannot. Like, I'm going to waste, I'm going to put money on the electric bill for how terrible I am. This needs to just be wood and strength. So that's I like know. <laughs> By the way, so when you're coming up with this, did you have, what was your interaction? What was your experience with music growing up in Thailand, Puerto Rico? Like, that's did you, question. were you listening to any of the music of that? You know, like the, oh that, my that God. Yeah. yeah. Because my parents, um, are pretty, you know, my mother has 
passed away, but my parents, they were very eccentric in some ways, very avant-garde, very open-minded, right? And so, and, and loved art, loved music, loved, you know, the, you know, the, the amazing differences between cultures and, right? And so the house was always, you know, filled with music, filled with, you know, parties and people being invited over and, you know, locals and expats and what have you. And so um, there were many, many nights where, you know, like I'm sitting there as a little kid and, you know, the, the adults are jamming and dancing and it could be like, you know, salsa merengue, what have you. Um, you know, it's funny in Thailand, my memory there is really more watching when we would get to watch this little flickering black and white t- television. And it was all these, I know, you know, sorry, mom and dad, these, these really violent, you know, like movies of mafia-esque kind of, and, um, you know, Kung Fu and da-da-da-da. And, you know, you just absorb this stuff. I remember, you know, watching Thai dancers, and I don't know if you're familiar, like, you know, they their fingers are, you know, you can see this. I know that mm-hmm. the podcast people will, will not be able to, but they use their hands and their fingers in this amazing way. And so when you're a child in these different environments, you just, you know, it's just this wonderland and of miraculous sound and food and da, 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 da. And, you know, there, there, there are downsides as well, but you get exposed to all that stuff and it just somehow sinks in, you know, with the guitar, the thing that made it become my instrument at a certain point was, and I don't even remember who said this to me, but it was a musician. And they said, the guitar is a percussive instrument. That makes sense. That's interesting. And that opened up everything. Mm-hmm. I stopped thinking I couldn't play. I stopped because I know I've got good rhythm. (laughs) (laughs) And, and so it became my friend. I can use this thing to express myself in this percussive way. Speech is percussive thoughts, poems, language, music, movement. This is all percussive. Mm -hmm. And then it made sense to me. Absolutely. Yeah. No. And, and then that probably frees you up too. Cause it's not like, Oh, I need to be this virtuoso. I need to be this intricate little thing. It's like, I can ba- literally bang on this thing and make, make noise. I'm so like, there's this amazing spoken word musician. I don't know what artist Lonnie um, I'm blanking on his last name now. Oh my God. But he is just, he reminds me as well a little bit of kind of like a Basquiat, a kind of like a someone who is simply expressing themselves. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's very painful. Everyone knows this, especially comics, I'm guessing. <laughs> it's very painful sometimes to express yourself publicly because, oh, sure. you, you know, but what is the thing that compels you to keep doing it? it is somehow more worth it to express yourself and explore ideas that are your own. It is somehow worth it, even though it 
puts you kind of, you know, um, puts you in a place of, of, you know, profound rejection sometimes. Yeah. Well, it does. You know, and I think that's the thing with music too. It's like the more, not to get all philosophical about it, but it's, it's like, I, I'm sure Ken, you were this way too. And I think when a lot of people write songs, I would assume that, you know, when I, my first few years, at least of doing stand up, I'm writing dumb jokes about just things that I'm coming up with, you know, it's just like, just like, Oh, this or that. And then when I finally started talking about myself and my own life and was like, okay, here, now I'm talking about me. Then it like, really, at least it made it more interesting for me, I think for myself. So then I was able to tap into more of an emotion about it rather than talking about, Oh, I saw this thing on TV or like, you know, it'd be weird if you some hypothetical thing that doesn't exist, but it's like, Oh, this thing really happened with my wife last night. And I need mm -hmm. to talk about how I screwed up. And then it becomes a little more visceral. So I'd assume like, and just, just with your lyrics with, with, and with, with the songs, it, there is that just such that emotion that's attached to it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a lot of the songs start as, I would say poems, you know, I mean, I'm a, I'm a big Patti Smith fan yeah. um, and, and, and her philosophy of, of the way she thinks about expressing herself and, and connecting her ideas and making them available to other people, um, which is really generous, right? You know, when, when you do that, um, a lot of the things I write start as not consciously as poems, some do, but they, they, they start from the, a need to say something about um, something I'm experiencing personally or that I'm observing in the world or that I am seeing someone else experience. Mm -hmm. And I just want to give it some acknowledgement, some witness, you know, yeah. and we get dark fast fellas. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. And you, then you also collaborate sometimes with, uh, is it Ben that you collaborate yeah, with? Yeah. So yeah. What, what's that? What does that look like? Well, you know what? I mean, it's great because uh, it's a different way of playing. You know what I mean? So when someone, so Ben, you know, he's very classic, like Ben, what are your influences? I mean, you know, so Ken, the shirt you're wearing, right? ACDC. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Um, but also the Ramones, New York Dolls, but he's like really classic Van Halen. Um so he is like this repository of classic rock riffs. And one of the things, so she wants what? Father, son. He came to me. Well, actually what he did is he, he texted me like a 10 second riff for each of those. And I was like, oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> You don't say. So, um, and I was like, well, she wants what I was like, oh, I can work with that. Yeah. I've got, like you were saying, like in the cauldron. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, um, I've got something in the cauldron I can haul out. <laughs> and, uh, you know, let's, let's throw that on the Barbie and see what happens. And so that to me was like, you know, this revelation that I could use words and ideas and feelings that I had and then have Ben come with this riff and have that entirely inform 
the build out of a song. Yeah. I mean, that is just so much fun. So then I would be like, okay, Ben, come over. It's basement time. All the best things happen in the basement. Of course. <laughs> so, um, so he comes over, we work on it a little bit and then we're like, okay, so let's just roll this out to the band. Mm-hmm. Let's just roll it out. And, and it's never finished, right? It's just like, we've got it conceptually. I've got some, I've got some phrases, some verses maybe put together. The rest of the band shows up and, and then it's just this improvisational, you know, have at it. Like, mm-hmm. let's see what we can do with this. And then we start playing things live to test it out even more, right? Like, I guess something like what you guys do, you start like testing it out. How did that, how did that go? You know, oh, we don't know what the ending is. Oh, well, I don't know. Is that, you know, do we need a guitar solo? Or do we need a drum solo? Mm-hmm. You know. How, uh, how exciting is that playing something live for the first time? Is it exciting? Is it scary? Well, um, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's both, right? But generally we've been playing in the basement yeah, and, um, and, and we just, you know, can't get, can't wait to get out of town and like, let's go and do this. It's exciting. And, you know, there's, you know what, there's, there's very little trepidation when you are working with people you love. I mean, you know, um, it's just the best thing in the world. <laughs> well, oh, sorry, honey. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah. I mean, it. It. I, I mean, you referenced this before, but you. You. Uh. I. Well, I. I should. I guess I should ask. You don't. You don't practice law anymore at all. No, I'm practicing. Oh, law. you do. Oh, okay. I, got, I thought. I got to pay for this stuff. Oh, okay. Ken. Yeah. All right. Okay. <laughs> I so, feel so I, I know there's this ideal world where, you know, people would like to imagine, right? But for the vast majority of us who are making music, comedy, yes, art, yeah. painting, whatever, who don't have an independent source. <laughs> no, I'm 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 happy to hear that you're practicing law because I got because you're you're a Harvard educated uh biotech lawyer, according I, I, I certainly am, Ollie. <laughs> so i got i'm like i was just thinking of like my mom hearing this episode like my jewish mom being like she gave up a career in law for like what heaven for yeah no because i know i know i know uh lawyers who who walked away from law to do comedy and i'm always like what the fuck is wrong with you yeah (laughs) <laughs> well, they'd clearly invested in it through their practice and building up all the content, right? Like that was just fodder. Yeah. <laughs> practice of law was just fodder for their comedic work. Because I'm I'm always like, you know, I, I've tried doing other things and and I, I'm not good at anything else. Like I, I, I legitimately think that it's the only thing I can do that I'm halfway <laughs> decent at. So when I meet people that can do something else, I'm always like... <laughs> Why are you don't walk away? Why are you? Well, you know, I mean, it's true. Well, one, I think, you know, my parents kind of set this example too, Mm -hmm. in some ways. My father's a sculptor. My mother was had this tremendous sense of artistry. And, you know, she raised, because it was primarily her, because my dad was away a lot, six kids. She 
you know, was educated at University of Chicago, studied philosophy. She was an old school librarian. You know, she, you know, was a landscape designer. She was, so when you grow up and you see people around you doing many things that, that the way they experience life is through this myriad, right? It's almost like combined with this kind of work ethic, I think too, mm -hmm. which is like, go out there and support yourself. Go get a job. Right. Go get another job. I mean, you know, yeah. <laughs> so I've been very accustomed from the time I was, you know, I started working when I was 16 and uh, you know, and before that, you know, all the chores around the house, it was just this like, you're always going to be working. Everybody in my family, all of my siblings are always like, so what else, what else are you doing? Yeah. Okay. What else? <laughs> Can you finish that other project? No. Well, tell me about it. I mean, you know, one brother's like building his house, the other, but you know, it's just like, there's, there's always stuff going on, you know, building the house, but then has to get down there and make that special chili that he always likes to make. And, and, you know, and he's talking about that. And that's, what's interesting to me. I love, I love practicing law and learning about biologics and how they, you know, can change people's lives. And, you know, that, that I'm doing some small thing that, that is part of a drug development process that's going to get this incredible, you know, gene therapy to someone who might be able to live a lot longer because of it, you know, and, and, and I, and I was had some tiny little role in helping, you know, the supply chain documentation yeah. that helps get that drug. You know, it's just interesting to me. It's part, it's part of being in life. And not, not to get too much on, on, on this part of it, but being a biotech lawyer, how, how much biology are, are you, are you trained in biology? Are you a bi biologist? Do you, do you have schooling in that or is just law? And then you sort of apply it to this field. So I think, you know, one of the things that uh, a lot of lawyers that I know, you know, one of the things they like about practicing law is that you're, you get exposed to all kinds of things. Mm -hmm. You know, for me, there was a little bit of a process where everything kind of came together. And, you know, one of my children was having terrible, you know, issues medically and, um, you know, pretty severe and requiring, um, you know, some pretty unusual drugs. And it was kind of like, everything kind of came together. Uh, an old friend of mine who was building this law firm reached out to me and she knew my whole family situation. She was like, Hey, I know this hasn't been, you know, an area you've practiced in, but you know, um, we're going to make you an offer. You can't refuse. Mm -hmm. um, why don't you come over and, you know, you can take care of things on the family side, but you can also do this. Mm -hmm. And um, that's what got me interested in it. And uh, I like learning. You know, I love listening to the scientists who I talk to, um, to try and help them out and, you know, from a legal standpoint, but in the process, I get to listen to them. I get to listen to how they're thinking about this particular drug product and how amazing it is. And a lot of these small startups, they're coming from places where often like there's a familial reason, there's a family tie to like why they're building out this oncology drug. Mm -hmm. or, you know, Parkinson's or, you know, this is real, real. We all deal with this. Yeah. Yeah. And what do you bring from your law career to your music career? Like, is has there been things that have carried over, whether it's just like a work ethic or the way you approach music at all? Does that, does that inform it at all? I actually think that 
I, I went into law in part because if they had the commonality that they have is, 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 is language and storytelling. Mm-hmm. And, you know, lawyers are nothing if not good storytellers, right? Sure. Yeah. For better, yeah. for better, or for worse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so language, right. And that kind of goes back to coming from these different cultures, but also coming from, you know, having a mother who's a librarian who just read to us all the time, you know, as little kids. I mean, she read the Greek myths for young children. (laughs) And I mean, Greek myths, I don't care how you cut it. That's like, that's some scary stuff. That's very highly imaginative stuff. I'm like, wow. Um, You know, she read all the Tarzan books. I mean, you know, to us, Charlotte's web, whatever language was was what has been the through line mm-hmm. uh through all of it and so in music i love that in music you're utilizing these abstract concepts words together with this intensely basic in the best sense um sound mm-hmm. and you know, how powerful it can be. Yeah. I mean, it's that delivery system is great, you know, to take those ideas, to take those, that story and, and bring it to life. I love that. That's, uh, and, and what, what, uh, by the way, and what are you, uh, what's next for the band? Where are you, are you guys, uh, do you have any more gigs coming up? Or are, you, are you writing right now? Um, always writing. Yeah. Always. <laughs> you know, um, the band is kind of like, what? I'm like, yeah, I've got more stuff. Come on. Let's just, Let's just do it. Um, but you know what? But I'm told we're supposed to be booking gigs in support of our album. <laughs> <laughs> which we are, which we are. And, um, you know, yeah, you want us to show up someplace and play, we will show up and play. Uh, we're playing um, Shrine coming up soon, um, which is up in Harlem. Uh, I think that's May 19th. And then Footlight Bar, which is out in uh, Ridgewood, Bushwick area of Brooklyn, um, the 27th of May. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and in the meantime, we're, yeah, continuing to make music and we're trying to get out of town more. Yeah. yeah. We, we loved going to the fire. That was a blast, right? Yeah, that's a fun, I haven't, it's been a little while, but that's a, that's a great, great venue. It was really, it was really terrific. And, you know, we had, we, we, you know, did the lineup with a bunch of local Philly bands and it was just so much fun. I mean, it was a mix up and in the best way. Um, so we'll be back. We'll be back to Philly. If, if Philly will have us. I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure they will. We will. Phil, uh, <laughs> if I have anything to do with it. Chip, yeah, Chip's got a lot of pull in Philly, so. Yeah. <laughs> I got this podcast. Okay, here's my question. I have to ask this question. Sure. Because um, because this has to do with the band mascot. Yeah, which, I, I, I have a feeling oh, I know what you're yeah. going to ask. Yeah. You know, right? I have to get this question yeah. answered. So, um, you know what the band mascot is. It, it is a cheesesteak, I was it's told. It's a cheesesteak, right? cheesesteak. I love this. Okay. Cheesesteak. So, and is it we a have a specific cheesesteak or it is just the idea of a cheesesteak. Well, um, I want to go back to Gordon and Matt who are really, so Matt Javanis is the bass player and Gordon Kuba is our drum player. And, um, and they are really the connoisseurs. Okay. And the instigators. Mm-hmm. 
actually of this. Um, but, um, you know, I know it's all about the role. Yes. <laughs> Huge. Yeah. Amoroso. Yeah. And there's some question about whether there should be peppers on it. Mm-hmm. But I'd like to know from you without getting you in trouble. Right. So maybe this is a tough question, but so when we return to Philly, mm -hmm. where should we go? So I don't like to get political on here. But... <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I realize this is actually really dangerous. I don't know. Which this is actually, and I, I'm going to get myself in, in more trouble, but it's, but by the way, speaking of the, of Rutz, uh, what is it? Rutz, Rutz Hunt. Hunt. I actually, a number of years ago, so I'm going to show my true colors here. A number of years ago, probably six, seven years ago, I pretty much, not completely, but I pretty much gave up eating pork and red meat. So I, I rarely eat pork or red meat. So it's like, I can't be the spokesperson, okay. but I also do make like, there are certain instances, like my, my wife knows if I go to my aunt's house and my aunt will invite me like once a year or so, and she'll make meatloaf and I love her me meatloaf. So it's like, I'm going to eat meatloaf tonight. Like, that's like one thing I'll do, you know, and every that's called survival. Exactly. You have to. It's like I can't not eat her meatloaf. It's it's delicious. I was in uh, I, I was working with a, with a comedian who came to Philly and he's a bit of a bigger name. And Gino's Steaks, which, by the way, I live a five minute walk from Pat's and Gino's. So I'm in the belly of the beast. I live in All the right. Italian market in Philly. I'm right there. It's they're both outdoor establishments. You sit outside and eat. But if you are if you have some pull like you're a bigger name comedian, musician, <laughs> whatever, they have a special indoor booth that you can sit in and eat, he gets invited wow. to the indoor booth. I can't not go, you know, I have wow. to go and sit. And I had a cheesesteak and it was delicious. It was, it was great. I love it. Um, so every once in a while I'll have it. I, I will tell you this, two things. First of all, Pats and Gino's are just fine. They're just okay. fine. If sure. you want to go for the experience, you go to Pats and Gino's. It's great. It's fun. Uh, it's, it, it, they're right across the street from each other on Passion Avenue. It's crazy. I, I love me some gyms on South Street. Okay. Gyms on South Street, which is just a couple minute walk from there. If you're really adventurous and you have some time, go out to Roxborough where Delisandro's is. Delisandro's is a I, that might be my favorite one, but it's sort okay. of it's outside of the center city. You have to drive to it. It's about a twenty minute drive, but it is. Is that it the is, one that's under the bridge? No, I, I that are you thinking of Tony Luke's? I mean, oh yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, Tony Luke's, yeah. Also, if it's uh, under the bridge, we're gonna have to go. Yeah, Tony, yeah, so maybe yeah. Tony Luke's, which I haven't had in, in years and years and years. I will say this, though. Another thing that I don't eat, but ev unless every once in a while I will, is the real sandwich of Philadelphia. The insiders know it's not the cheesesteak anymore. It's the roast pork sandwich. With the broccoli rub, right? Yeah, you get the roast Tony pork Luke's. sandwich. Ooh. So try that. Nothing wrong with a cheesesteak. Love a cheesesteak. Even though I don't eat it too much, it's like yeah. it's, maybe it's like an annual thing. I'll like have a cheesesteak and I love it. And I, I've had, by the way, I've had way too many cheesesteaks for my for my <laughs> lifetime over the years. But um, any of those places are good. But if you see a, a, a spot for a, for a good roast pork sandwich. I'm going to go for this because, I mean, Puerto Rico, pernil. Yep. Pernil, mm -hmm. roast pork with the garlic. Oh, it's just yep. like. There's John John's roast pork in South Philly, and then there's also Denix, which is in the Reading Terminal Terminal Market, which is it's it's a great sandwich. Yeah, I'm gonna have to try that. I don't think it will um, supplant our mascot because there's oh no, you gotta keep that. About. I'm not yeah, I'm not saying to change that. You have to keep but, the mascot. But yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. All right, we're taking care of that business. Thank you very much. Yeah.
I, I wanted to ask you about one thing and, and then we'll let you go. But um, uh, you filmed the video for Dreamy Dreamer in Asbury Park. Yeah. Uh, which is where I live. So that was uh, so cool to see. But um, what was that like? Because that it's just such a rich musical tradition in that town. So what did that mean yeah. to you to be a part of it? Uh, I mean... First of all, you know, the uh, carousel building mm-hmm. is just talk about iconic. Right. Yeah. And I mean, the boardwalk, that carousel building. Um, I knew I wanted to film something there. I mean, like what band doesn't. Right. right. But I I also wanted it to be very. Um, I, I, I like kind of guerrilla uh, videography. Mm-hmm. I like showing <laughs> and and it's a bit experimental like okay we've got an outline of what we want to do we've got shots that we want to do but we're going to do this you know when people are here like let's let's see what happens mm-hmm. um it was a gorgeous day it was you know sun was shiny it was cold i mean you know we did it and it was you know kind of winter but but people were out walking and we're walking the boardwalk and people were just super cool and what you know one of the things i asked the videographer to do was really i'm like i want this to be about i want this to be about jersey i want this to be about asbury park um i love the idea of us making music here making videos here um and you know filming what we know yeah right like they always say whatever whatever the you know when you're writing a novel whatever write Write what what you know I'm assuming comedy, you know, music, you you do what you know. This is the thing. This is where you are at and where you're from. And even though I've lived in all these different places, you know, this is where I've had my family and raised my kids. And um, this is where I'm making my music. And um, this is where the band is from, you know. And and so um, I love those connections. And Asbury Park, ah. Besides, besides the big ones, you know, Springsteen, Bon Jovi, the, you know, the, the big ones, favorite Jersey band or artist that most people probably don't know of. Oh, God. Um, Is there a I, that's really, there? God, now, you know, now, you know now I feel like it's the, you know, it's the, it's the flip side of the Philly cheese. <laughs> right, right. Because I can only get in trouble here. Yeah, of course. Yes. <laughs> you, you can well, recuse not, yourself but who, that question. Who, like I, I'll jump in. Uh, yeah, go ahead. For me, I always loved the Smithereens. Oh God! Pat Denizio wrote some incredible songs, and they were like a bar band that made it so much further than I'm sure. I mean, that that's how good his songs were. Yeah. That um yeah. that that they they couldn't be denied. You know, they 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 went from Jersey bar band to on tour with the Who at one point and Uh, amazing uh, yeah and uh, he often you know because new jersey has such a a great musical tradition i i felt like that band always kind of got overlooked i I have a funny story about pat actually my my brother befriended him some like at a concert he met him (laughs) and um pat would uh later in his career you know he passed away a few years ago but he uh later in his career he would do these living room tours where he would come to your house with an acoustic guitar and do a concert in the basement, oh like a private intimate concert. So he came and did one at my sister's house 
And um, wow. my sister uh, kept asking him to turn it down. No. <laughs> <laughs> Which made me laugh so fucking hard. <laughs> like, we had to pull her out of the room at one point be like hey listen we know it's your house but you can't ask uh, the dude from the smithereens to turn his concert down she was like but there's kids in the house we're like they're gonna be fine (laughs) oh my god that's a great story that is a great story well, no, I mean, you know, in Jersey, there is a band, you know, turn the corner and you're going to hit a band. I mean, you know, there's this place that closed down. I don't know if you're familiar with it. It's called Clash Bar and it closed down and it was, it was, and it was over in Clifton. Mm-hmm. Bob Clash ran it and just like, you know, a uh, 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 solid punk rocker at heart. And he would just open that place up. He, you know, we would go there and play, didn't have any, any more other, other place to play. And then, you know, my friend Alana's band, six to eight mathematics would show up the volatiles. If you haven't heard of them, fantastic. That's a great name though. I'm going to check them out. The the volatiles, six to eight mathematics. um, So many bands. I'm sure you've heard of like Tula Vera. They are really, you know, a young band kind of coming out. Um, They're, are so many bands mm-hmm. um and then they're like the classics willie niles i mean you know yeah. um james mastro i mean i worked with him on one of the you know one of my albums amazing people and so kind of having that around you <laughs> christian mcbride for god's sake just won all those grammys yeah he is over here he's in town and he's like you know teaching jazz to kids and i mean it's just like jazz house kids there's so much yeah that's great you know it's 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 it, it's it's a wealth of riches and um kind of you know impacts when you're in that environment you never oh, know sure. what's going to kind of influence what you're doing mm-hmm. well lily thank you so much for coming on i can't wait to come see you live yeah i, I, I definitely will because i could tell as soon as i put the album on um I can tell this is this. It's a great album, but I could tell they're an even greater live band. Like this yeah. is somebody that you're going to need to see live. Do you guys do any? Uh, I love when bands do covers. Do you do any covers on stage? Well, if you'd come to that Philly show. Um, so, you know, we're playing at the fire and we're like, we got to, you know, do something for them. So every once in a while, we'll do a cover. Mm-hmm. And so we did Ring of Fire, but we did the Social Distortion. Oh, I, I love oh that nice. Great. <laughs> and, and then we turned it into our own. Yeah. Because we're like, you know, so my thing with covers, I was just talking to Ben about this, actually, right? Mm-hmm. The guitarist. And, and he's like, you know, how about this? How about that? I'm really picky, picky, picky about it because I'm like, most of these covers, I'm like, the band did it the best possible way. I don't want to, you know, and I'm not Ryan Adams or whatever. I'm not going to call her. T- t- I'm just, I, I respect what other people have done and, and I've got too many ideas of my own. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but we do the occasional, I mean, Janice Joplin, you know, she's got some of it. You mm-hmm. just got to cover. I'm this, I'm the same way. I like when I perform, I do my own jokes. Ken does a lot of other comics jokes. <laughs> do, it's it's uh, an homage. Is that what it is? Okay. <laughs> is that what it's called? How dare you? Yeah. Until the lawsuits yeah. show up. Yeah, and that's then, right. you know. that's right. I hope you people have enjoyed the final episode of <laughs> I Love Rock and Roll. <laughs> you troublemaker. That's yep. right. 
Uh, well, before we do split up this podcast, uh, uh, where can people find you? Really? Like, where, like where, where should they go? Where should they get their music? Where can they find you? All right. Well, I mean, look for us on cross social media, uh, Vakili Band. It's B as in Victor, A K I L I Band. And um, we've got, you know, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, uh, you know, Apple Music, and um, Bandcamp. But most importantly, look for us live. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's where we want to see you. Yep. That's where we want to just put on a show and, uh, you know, come out and heckle. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that. Yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. This yeah. And th- thanks fantastic. so much for doing it. We, we really enjoyed it. Thank you for coming on. Yeah. All righty. This, this has been I Love Rock and Roll. We'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>